KXNO Des Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Iowa State sophomore guard Tyrese Halliburton helped lead Team USA to a 116-66 win against Latvia. Halliburton had 5.6 assists, 4 rebounds, and 2 steals in the win for the under-19 team that advances on to the quarterfinals. The Iowa wrestling team will be welcoming in a transfer as former Penn State Nittany Lion Gavin Teasdale makes his way to the University of Iowa. The number one ranked prospect in the 2018 class comes to Iowa City with four years of eligibility. Yesterday, Women's World Cup semifinal. USA against the Brits. Ran. Lovely ball, Morgan. Fabulous goal. Alex Morgan on her 30th birthday. The call from FIFA TV as USA moves to the championship on Sunday. To MLB, the Cubs down early to the Pirates before a rain delay. The rains didn't help. A fly ball toward the wall and right. Come on, baby. And out goes Frazier. He does stay hot. A three-run homer. The call from AT&T Sports Pittsburgh as the Pirates win it 5-1. To Cincinnati with Milwaukee in town, and Christian Yelich does it again. Yelich hammers one to the opposite field. Way back at number 31 for Christian Yelich. Reds come roaring back to tie it, then in the 11th, win it here. And a bouncing ball down the right field line. This is not going to score fleet, but it'll get him to third base. And the Glacier's head ball circles through the infield. Here comes Fleet. He is going to score. Reds win. Wow. Reds win. Reds win on the legs of Yassiel Fleet. The calls from Fox Sports Wisconsin and Fox Sports Ohio. Reds 5-4 over the Brewers. Late last night, the Twins fell to the A's 8-6. And the Cardinals dropped game one against the Mariners 5-4. Stay up to date at KXNO.com and all day on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Glad you're with us as we inch our way to the Independence Day holiday. Uh, no local programming, uh, both tomorrow and Friday. Over the weekend, though, the uh, Saturday morning pregame will be here with uh, Emery Songer and Sean Roberts. They will be the only team of the five that work uh, after the uh, Fanatics get off the air today. The boys are on the air from 8 until 10. In fact, they're out on remote. Let me get this. Uh, memory Stronger, where is your tweet to me? Uh, Sean and I will be at Des Moines Rugby Club Toys for Tots Sevens Tournament. Oh, nice. So the boys will be broadcasting live from there this uh, Saturday morning from 8 until 10. Well, Cubs fans, don't fear. You Darvish takes the mound tonight. He will be. He was signed to be the stopper in this rotation when the uh, Cubs needed to stop a losing streak. Not that there's going to be a lot of them after all. This team uh, <laughs> you know, kicks you know what's and takes names, but if there is a situation that uh, presents itself where the stopper needs to come in, you Darvish is going to fill that role. I guess the silver lining in this is, well, he's never won at Wrigley Field. He's due. 
Well, they're not at Wrigley Field. Uh, yeah, they're true. on the road. So uh, things uh, there's a bright spot for you in a week that hasn't had a lot of bright spots for this Cubs team. I think you're being a little facetious over there. I, I am. I'm, I'm trying to uh, yeah put a positive spin on things. Trent, if we possibly can, and good to talk to you. As always, coming up on the program for the final time, I think. I'm not sure much more NBA I can take. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we'll do one more hit on it with John Cannon, who covered Golden State for, for years. Uh, he's going to join us, and we'll you know, take a take a look at the NBA one more time. Then we'll play the hits with the Cyclones and the Hawkeyes. Alex Halstead at ten forty five. Mark Moorhouse at eleven. Before our friend David Kaplan chimes in at eleven twenty five. We taped Cappy. Oh, about 90 minutes ago, uh, he's got a lot of stuff on uh, his mind to uh, pursuant to this Cubs team, and he'll share that with us. About 11.25, we will save some time at the end of the program uh, for our Claxons barbecue giveaway. Since this is our last day of the week, we will move up Claxons and uh, give you an opportunity to win some barbecue at about 11.45. Uh, this team is listless. I'm talking about the Cubs, Trent. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. There's just no spark. There's no life. Joe Madden seems resigned to his fate. At least that's how I see it. That, uh, and I don't know what more he can do. I'm not blaming this year on Joe Madden. It just seems like the team needs a jolt. It needs a charge. Uh, firing the manager is not going to do it, I don't think. Uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, advocating that uh, Joe Madden walks the plank during the All-Star break, but it just seems like we're almost at this point where the Cubs are going to have to decide, are we in or are we out? See, you're going that I, I think that's crazy thought. Uh, that that kind of thinking and talk seems a game out. Yeah, game. but they're twenty and twenty seven in their last forty seven. But nobody else in this division's played real well. That's true. That's true. But it is the most competitive division top to bottom in baseball. Top to bottom, yeah. Top yeah. to bottom All the, most the teams competitive. are at least okay. All, all the teams, you know, I eliminated Pittsburgh from this uh, conversation earlier in the week. They're playing very well. They've got some parts. They've got some pieces on this uh, Pirates team. This Reds team, they're not. They're going to be a major pain in the you-know-what. Maybe not this year, but in the years to come. But I don't know what it is about this Cubs team. I don't. I like the Brewers lineup better. I'm not sure about the Cardinals. Uh, but look, at July is going to be fascinating for a number of reasons. A, we're closer to football. Maybe first and foremost. That's good. Uh, but B, there's only one trade deadline now, and it's July the 31st. There's no moves in August. If you stand, fa- if you stand pat, uh, waiting for that, well, you got to have everything done by midnight September the 1st. That thing is no longer applicable in MLB. There's one deadline, uh, and teams are going to have to, you know what, or get off the pot earlier maybe than they ever have. There's no chance the Cubs are going to do that. I, I, I just I can't envision a realistic scenario where come July 24th, 25th, all right, five games out, four mm. games out, Darvish, Quintana, give you hope. Alzali back down here. Okay, so what are you getting for Quintana? What are you getting for? Well, right you- now, nothing. I mean, if he, if it's just Quintana, absolutely not. By the way, Dylan Cease pitches this afternoon for the White Sox. Oh. He was part of that Quintana deal as well. Him and Jimenez. Yeah, him and Jimenez. Uh, boy, oh boy, if the White Sox win today behind Dylan Cease, this uh-huh. is going to be a little bit more salt than that. What now is an open wound. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not going to get not, anything Nothing for him. Trent, I think, you, I think this team is almost at the point where you need – Something major to happen. You're not going to get anything for Addison Russell. That's not. That's not enough. Addison Russell moving out of the clubhouse. He needs to. Yes, I uh, think they need that. I think. But they, is that going to turn them around? I don't think it could hurt. I mean, there's there seems to be this cloud lingering mm-hmm. over the team since he came back in the beginning of May. 
Mm-hmm. And he was here in Des Moines. We thought it was going to be an extended for a stay. long time. Yeah, and it was how long? A week? Well, a little bit longer, but man, it seemed like a week. It wasn't it very long? Good no. point. He gets called up, and well, of course, the initial reaction, mm-hmm. the blowback from the fan right? base, right? As it should be with yeah. something like this. Yeah. But that seems to have just lingered. It just has stayed there. That's part of the 2019 Chicago Cubs season. Yeah, is you can't you you're, you can't. I don't think. And I don't speak for their fan base. Uh, we read them, listen to them uh, a lot. Um, I, I'm not. I'm just not so sure that they can wrap their arms around this team like they could have maybe if Russell wasn't there. Yeah, it's it's hard to, and understandably so. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, but this team is just going the wrong way, and they have been playing bad baseball since, I don't know, middle of May at some point. June stunk. First sub-500 month in a long time, the month of June. They haven't had one of those in a long time. They did this past June. July hasn't started off any better. <sighs> right now, I, we, you said yesterday they're still the favorites, yeah, and they're the favorites because of the reputation, Period. They're not the best team in the Central Division. They're not playing like it right now. Uh, and I'm not call, uh, shouting fire in a crowded theater. I'm not. There's something wrong with this team. I don't see how anybody can look at it any differently. Mike Montgomery, you knew what was going to happen when Mon- when Madden comes out of the mound. Says, you know what, uh, Maples, your night is done. we got a couple of runners on. I want to go lefty-lefty here, and I trust Mike Montgomery. Well, you knew it was coming. Three-run bomb. Bang. And just like that, a 2 nothing game's 5 nothing. It's 5, and- it's five zip, and the game's over. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, all right, well, you right. can flip this off after the long rain delay. Cappy, by the way, had an all-time troll tweet last night. You know what? I'm going to get it in front of me. All right. Because it was spe- So as he was sitting on the set of... Uh, yeah, I mean, he was going to put in a long night, too, because yep. they had the rain delay, and they had the pre and post, and he had to stick around for the post last night. I want to get it. Here it is. Which Cubs position a player will pitch tonight? And don't forget, Descalzo is unavailable. Ah. Because he pitched earlier. I mean, that's what it's down to at this point. The bullpen is Strope's been okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't kill, can't kill Kimbrel coming in a non-safe situation. Although he wasn't good a couple of nights ago. Uh, Carl Edwards, who knows where he's at when he's coming back. But, Brock is one of the worst relievers I've seen. He's yeah, awful. he's terrible. He's off. Terrible, terrible, terrible. There is a caravan back and forth between the I Cubs guys uh, and the Chicago Cubs guys, and the I Cubs guys have been pretty good. Um, Caratini might not. I don't want to say he's better than Contreras. Is no. he? Contreras is a better bat. Contreras is an all-star somehow. Yes, he he's the starter. Mm-hmm. Go to the bat. I guess, but man, oh man. And you look at this team and just base running blunders, just goofiness mm-hmm. throughout this. Up and down the lineup yes. base running. Uh, Chris Bryant last night, 0 for 4. All four of them, K's. That's a golden sombrero for Bryant. And all this together... After this, the weekend series against Cincinnati, they have a team meeting. Mm-hmm. They get beat eighteen to five. Yep. Then it's Joe Madden's going to have his state of the team as he does before the All Star break every year. They go out and lose five one. Mm-hmm. It just every button that they're trying to punch isn't hitting, which tells me that Joe Madden knows that his fate's been sealed. I don't think he's going to oh. be fired. I don't. I think he, like, they didn't extend him. They didn't extend Joe Madden. I thought Joe Madden is, if you win a World Series with the Cubs in Chicago, you get to decide when your time, when your time is up here, right? For the goodwill that he had in his bank account, it was overflowing. He seems like he's, you know what? He's, he's, he's willing to 
be Mike Ditka in the city of Chicago. Ditka opens up a restaurant. Uh-huh. Uh, he's always Ditka. Yes. Madden yes. won a World Series. Opens up a restaurant. I don't know where his place is going to be among the pantheon of former Chicago sports teams coaches. Will he ever approach the Ditka level? He won a World Series. But it is football. I get it's it. Still a it's, still a bear's, it's still a Bears town. Yeah. And because of that, I think it elevates. But remember at the end with Ditka, too, I mean, things were getting sour. Mm-hmm. Before he was finally jettisoned that last year. I think they're 5-11, and 11 and and he was out the door. It got contentious, but then it came back. And I think same thing with Joe Madden. He oh, is, Joe Madden will be loved eventually yes. again in Chicago. He's a renaissance man. He'll uh-huh. probably have a wine bar. That'll be the kind of yeah, bar that he'll have. Really. You know, something like that. And he will be beloved. At this point, though, I was with you. You win. You bring a championship to Chicago, to the Cubs. Mm-hmm. You decide when your time's up. You you want to be like uh, Trader Jack and and manage into your seventies? Yeah. So be it, McKeon, Yeah, right. Not the case here, though. I don't think so. I don't think so as well. Could, you can't go there, though. Can, did, no, I don't think they'll fire him, Trent. I don't think no. we're going to get to the All Star break. And even if this team gets swept in Pittsburgh, and again, folks, it's Darvish tonight. It's Quintana tomorrow. How do you like your chances? Off day Friday, which is weird. Mm-hmm. And then you finish up at Guaranteed Rate Field uh, against the White Sox for a two-game series. Um, Giolito Lester, one of those nights, which is spectacular. One yeah, of those Saturday. days. Is it Saturday? Uh, which is just tremendous, that pitching matchup. But, boy, oh, boy, this team has got some major, major problems. I, um, like Baez is going to thrill you. He did again last night uh, defensively. But it's just... It's it's bad plays. Almora has is digressed. Schwarber is a liability in left field. Jason Hayward's maybe the who's the MVP of the first half. It's got to be Baez, but yes, maybe yes. maybe the most improbable good season out of a Cub. I don't think anybody expected Jason Hayward to have the year he's having. Made another great catch last night. We're used to that out of him. He's a great defensive uh, uh, outfielder, but. At the at the plate too, the lineup. Does anybody think that Schwarber deserves to lead off? That Bryant should be in your in the two hole. I, where do you start? So many ways you can go. I tell you where this team isn't going. That's the postseason. They're game out. Are we, they're twenty and twenty seven in their last forty seven. One of these teams that continues to play, you know, similarly poor baseball is going to get hot. Brewers are better than the Cubs right now. Cardinals are a treadwater type of team. This Cincinnati Reds team, I thought they were a year away. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. They it's a, a competitive division. Had- you know, somebody pointed out to us on they had a terrible start. You're right yeah. on Twitter yesterday. Stop saying that it's the best division in baseball. That's a fair point. Most competitive. It's it's as competitive as any division and it's in the baseball. Deepest division. Yeah, from top to from bottom. Top to Every bottom. single one of those teams is in the hunt. Every single one of them. Russell, not getting anything for him. Descalzo, what do you want? What are you going to get for him? Nothing. Almora, maybe Schwarber's got a little bit of value, but he's got to go to the right league because he's atrocious with the glove on his left hand. But Milwaukee didn't gain control of this division. I know. Look at their very. The Cubs are fortunate. The Cubs are living well because somebody should have taken control. Good point. So what your point is, is, you know what? They had a chance. Somebody had a chance to take this division by the Mm you-know-whats and run away with it. If they were in the West, they'd be 13 back. In the East, they'd be 5 back. If they were in the American League West, they'd be 10 back. They'd be 8 back in the Central, and they'd be 10 back in the American League East. I mean, 
They're in the right division. They're in the right division. There's no safety net here. There's no, I don't think. I mean, there, is, there, a wild is there a wild card team coming out of this division? Maybe. I mean, we got a second half of baseball. I get that. And half the breaks are, a little bit. Nationals are heating up. They're yeah. back over 500 now. Right. The Phillies are still there with the Braves. You got both the Rockies and Diamondbacks who are okay. Uh, I think the Rockies got the better chance. I think, how about this? What has a better record? The second wild card team or the oh, winner, the of, this winner of the Central? Wow. That's a good one. I'd probably go with. The wild card. The second wild card team. That's, I think that's at this right point. trending, I think. It's, it's so far. All right, let's get a quick call on the Cubs, and then I want to talk about the uh, the women's soccer yesterday. Boy, that was good theater. It was. Uh, great theater. I, I loved Alex Morgan's move, by the mm-hmm. way. Look, I, they crossed the line against Thailand. I don't care. They're overmatched. You're, you, you bludgeon them 13 nothing. You don't celebrate like that after you go up 11 sip. Come on. <laughs> Yesterday, no problem at all. That was fantastic. That's a big spot against a good team. You deserve to celebrate. Birthday or no birthday, and it was her birthday. And what a way to celebrate her birthday by putting the game winner off her head and into the back of the net. Uh, Jake joins us. Hey, Jake, how are you? Good. And I think you just hit on the head right there, man. The, I think the Reds are the team that's going to win this division. Their lineup is the best of any of these teams. They get more base runners, and their bullpen's better than any of these teams. I, I'm, I think they're going to be the team that takes off. It could be. Look, they're playing really good baseball. Thanks for the call, Jack. Jake. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Um, they're five and a half games out. They're last place in that division. And, and you look at their rotation. You love Castillo, as you should. Yes. Good young fireball. Right. Roark's been pretty solid. Roark almost hit a couple of balls out yesterday. Was it yesterday or yeah. Monday? Whatever day. Sonny Gray, okay. Yeah, he's a good player. But the bullpen it is, you know, we've talked about Milwaukee's bullpen mm-hmm. the last couple of years. That bullpen has taken a step back. Uh-huh. The Cubs has been an ongoing saga. Cardinals, another injury in that bullpen and a rotation that, mm-hmm. I mean, question marks up and down. Iglesias, a two-inning save on Sunday? Was it Sunday? Saturday or Sunday? Anyways, yes, and I'm then, with you. You know, Sensel has come up for them, uh-huh. played center field. He's been really good. Puig doing his thing and scored last night. It's... And he hit a home run last night. Scooter, Gen- Scooter Jeanette's back in the lineup now. Votto, of course. Suarez hit a home run. As f- he yeah. hit his long home run against uh, the Cubs this past weekend. As maybe he's been hit uh, in the in, uh, what's the name of the ballpark? Bank of America, whatever. It's Great called. American. Great American ballpark. I've been there too. I should know that. I was. I was not impressed. No, I wasn't. Um, Joey Votto's a terrific player. Catching. Eh, that's kind of maybe the yeah. Achilles heel on that team. But I like this team. I mm-hmm. do. I like Pittsburgh, the way they're comprised right now, the way they're playing. Well, when you got Josh Bell hitting homers at the rate he is. He had a trifecta on Monday night. That's great. Now, he did have a bad couple of weeks leading into it. I don't mm-hmm. think June was good for him, but, boy, the Cubs will bring you out of a slump here in a big, big way. Darvish tonight. <laughs> if, Darvish, if, if he goes out and... Ah, you know what? We'll see how he does. We'll, we'll see. And yes. no expectations whatsoever. Zero expectations. Take a guess. The line for tonight against Chris Archer on the other side for the Pirates. What the line is for Cubs? Chris Archer's bad. He has been awful. Yeah. Um, ERA five and a half. Yeah. The the Cubs have to be favored. They are. Yeah. Minus one forty. A significant. That's too much. That, that was my thought exactly. But it's I that brand. Same thing with the division odds we brought up yesterday. Mm-hmm. Goes a long ways. They're plus, jeez, they're minus a buck forty. That's crazy. With you, Darvis, you're comfortable throwing minus one forty. No, no. Yeah, thanks. but you, you get Chris Archer. Archer's been just abysmal. What a fleecing that was. Over under is nine and a half. Might be taking a mm-hmm. closer look at that. 
You know what? We've got our klaxons. I, I should have put the Darvish over under five and a third. <laughs> Innings pitch tonight? Innings pitch for him tonight. Give me the under. I think so, too. Put it in there. Well, hang on. Man. That means I'm going to have to take one out. This is what this is the list I've got. We'll hit, you know what? Let's bump out the Rizzo hit a home run in Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. That's difficult to do. When one game, they hit a well, home run. Well, two. Two. They, oh, got, just, they play tomorrow. They play tomorrow. They okay, play tomorrow. Okay. Day game tomorrow. Quintana uh, pitches tomorrow. Three o'clock start for that one tomorrow? Uh, I'm not sure. I know it's afternoon baseball. Okay. Is it three o'clock? I think so, yeah. Oh, uh, well, it's July the 4th, so that would make some sense. Yes. Uh, we're going to do, here's the list of Claxon. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you're right. Let's kick the Rizzo out. Uh, over under five and a third today for you, Darvish. Over under 70 and a half hot dogs eaten by the winner, by the way. Oh, here's the other two. Uh, will Alex Morgan score in the final and the Rangers twin series? So I'm watching the Cubs were in rain delay. Uh, I'm back on the Brewers and the Reds. Uh-huh. And they went to commercial break. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to turn on the uh, 30 for 30 for a minute. You're going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. You're going to see what all the hoopla is about here. Right. Twitter was going nuts about it. Yep, it was going crazy about yep. it. So I turn it on and I don't know the guy's name. Um, good-looking guy, 40s. He was either, uh, I don't know, somebody's agent mm-hmm. or the face of hot dog eating contests announced. I have no idea who he was. But in the same vein as Canada produces a lot of great hockey players, mm-hmm. a lot of good football players come out of the state of Texas. In that same vein, he no. said, no. Japan's got a lot of really good eaters. Uh-huh. I turned the channel. That was it. It's the only words I heard out. from. I have no idea who it was. This is actually what he said. <laughs> Japan's got a lot of good eaters. I think it's a troll job. I said it when it, when it was first uh, announced that this thing is, is coming to ESPN. I thought they're pulling the wool over our eyes. Don't buy this. This isn't legit. And this all began, Darren Ravel was tweeting about that last night, that he said, hey, we get a lot of clicks on the website back in the page two days about this competitive eating, why don't we just put it on TV? And they did. And it's been, there isn't a whole lot of, outside of baseball, a whole lot going on. Wrote on TV, gets clicks, gets people excited, but Japan's got... Japan's got a lot of good eaters. A lot of good eaters. In the same way of saying Canada produces a lot of really good hockey players, a lot of really good football players coming out of Texas. Good wrestlers from Iowa. Good wrestlers from Iowa. Japan's got a lot of really good eaters. I couldn't believe what I heard. Anyways, uh, did you see much of the soccer yesterday? It was really good. I did. I did. I was able to uh, sit down, watch that, and really enjoyed it. It Mm -hmm. was competitive. Yes, it was. It was contentious. A little bit, yeah. It was... Some breaks going both ways. Mm-hmm. The the offsides called the well the, 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 the goal the yeah, the the penalty kick was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The save, my god, and that was late in the game and seven minutes of extra time. Yes. Now I know they had the review, so mm-hmm. that probably. But I was not screaming at the TV. I thought, oh come on, you know, seven minutes really. They put seven up a lot though here during the World Cup because of VAR and the replays. Yeah. I, don't know. I think that's just kind of what they've fallen back into now is that eh, put seven minutes. Yeah, Hank seven. It's yep. a hell of a game. We'll give them seven more minutes to decide this thing. Really? Is that fair? To the team that's clinging to the lead? Well, they'll play for a championship and good for them. Against either the Netherlands yeah, or And they play today, Sweden. right? Yes. Which is kind of odd that they don't both play on the same day that, mm-hmm. you know, one team... I guess it works out well for the red, white, and blue. Nobody's complaining about that. We'll take a timeout. We'll do one more segment on the NBA until next year's playoffs.
Well, it, it, might, it might trickle in maybe, from time to time. Maybe. By the way, we never talked about this yesterday. How about Matt Thomas? Good for him. Man. Yes, yeah, That's three-year great. deal with That's Toronto. Great. Yeah, a great story. I mean, the story, we, we know the, his story, his, his upbringing, and mm-hmm. uh, f- so happy for him. Don't yeah. know him at all, but uh, good, good uh, for Matt Thomas. Boy, that team had some guys. Whew. Team had some players, did they not? We'll take a timeout. John Cannon on the NBA. Then Alex Halstead on Iowa State. Straight up 11 o'clock. Mark Morehouse will join us as we will talk Hawkeyes. David Kaplan at 1125. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Then Claxons, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Time for our final look at the NBA until next April. (laughs) Fair. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's football season when it begins. Right. It's college basketball season throughout. Yes, but we both love the NBA playoffs. We yes. do, and they carry us uh, through April, May, and a part of June. And this past weekend, uh, Sunday, uh, it was just it was appointment TV, mm-hmm. at least for me. Yeah, it was riveting watching these big names uh, earn big, big money, and some of them leave, some of them stay. And John Cannon, who's covered the NBA for a long time, and Golden State for a long time as well, now situated here in Central Iowa, he joins us. Uh, to talk about what we've seen so far. Uh, John Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I am recovering from Sunday. <laughs> Isn't that something? That was fun to watch. It really was. Well, Whether, I, mean, some of the t- I mean, some of the moves hurt, obviously. Us, but yeah. Yeah, uh, but it was great TV. Fans. Yeah, and it, the, the thing about the, the Durant you know, thing was obviously expected. But um, emotionally, Warrior fans were not prepared to lose Andre Iguodala on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you... People had talked about, yeah, for them to do anything, they were going to need to trade somebody. And Iguodala and Draymond Green were the only ones with trade value. And, you know, I think that the place would have come apart if they traded Draymond. But, um, but Iguodala was the beginning of what came to be the Warriors. I mean, Curry was there first, but Curry was drafted. Iguodala was the first player who chose to go to the Warriors. He allowed a sign and trade when he was at Denver. He had played with Curry on an international team and really liked him and thought he was going to be really special. So the Warriors had, they had tried, they had cleared cap space to try to sign guys and nobody would take their money like the Knicks now. And, and Iguodala was the first one. He allowed a trade from Denver and they were able to find some people to take some bad contracts that they had. 
And then they drafted Thompson, and then they drafted Green, and it all it all went. But it started with Iguodala first going there, and then Iguodala agreed to be a, a bench warmer so that Harrison Barnes could start. And that was the year they won the, the, the championship, Steve Kerr's first year. So losing Iguodala is an emotional hit to not only the fans, but the, the staff, the players, the, you know, he was – he was really something special, and they all understand intellectually why it had to be done, but uh, it doesn't make it easy, any easier. And no team has ever lost two finals MVPs in the same day. <laughs> Good way to put it. John yeah. Cannon joining us, uh, taking a look around the NBA. It doesn't so, make it easier to take, does it? No, not no, at all. No. So, John, the uh, Warriors retooling on the flies. This is going on. Bob Myers goes out. And a sign-and-trade gets D'Angelo Russell. A lot of questions about how he is going to work with Steph Curry, two ball-dominant guys out there. Clay Thompson will be back February, March, whenever it is, coming off the ACL tear. Draymond Green. But your thoughts on, on Russell coming in and, and how this is going to work with his style? Well, I don't think it's going to matter. You know, I mean, it's, it's a brilliant move for the Warriors because it gives them an asset that they can turn into other assets because what happened when they, and I'm, I'm not a capologist. So you're, it's going to sound like some of the ads on your radio station where a guy who clearly does not speak Spanish reads the ad in yeah. Spanish. That's what this is going to sound like when I talk about the salary cap, because this is not a language that I speak, but when they did the sign and trade that flipped them into a hard cap existence, which most of the NBA is on a soft cap. You can go over the cap to sign your own guys or different things. There are exceptions. But when you do a sign-and-trade, you become a hard-cap team. So they cannot do very much. And getting turning that into a sign-and-trade, though, gave them a guy that they can trade either before the trade deadline this year or during the offseason. No one sees them keeping him long-term because that would be four guys on max deals, assuming they're going to max green. Three of them guards. How is that going to work? So what it does is, remember, they're moving into a new building next year. They cannot go out and score 85 points a game. They have to score. If they lose, they lose. But they got to lose 130 to 120. And and you got to get. We've seen the box in one. We got to get a guy on the floor (laughs) to keep them from doing that to Curry. So Russell checks all those boxes. He doesn't play defense like we're used to seeing, and and all that stuff. But he will he will give Curry some airspace. Uh, until Thompson gets back, and it will be interesting to see what happens beyond that. But they also got, as part of that deal, a $17 million trade exception that next July 1st, when their hard cap is over, they can use that to go over what would be the new soft cap that they're under. So that gives them some flexibility down the road. They really know what they're doing. You look at them, you look at the guys, (laughs) Griffin, we talked about David Griffin in New Orleans, what he's doing. Great job. not all GMs in, in the league are the same. Right. And there are people who get it, and there are people who don't. The Warriors are, are one that gets it. Yeah, the Pelicans likewise, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. They have re- gutted that program and built it back up. That's uh, a league pass team this year. That will be the number one league pass team this year, I'll bet. Interesting. I wonder. You know, that's, uh, what if, uh, if Leonard signs with the Lakers, and um, obviously from where I sit, I hope that doesn't happen. That's an interesting comment, John. Uh, you might be onto something there. A lot of, well, lot of reasons about, to tune Lakers in. Gonna be on, they're going to be on national TV all the time. Yeah. You, know, yeah. the, the, you don't need league pass to follow the Lakers, but the Pelicans probably not yet, although Zion, I mean, they're going to be on a lot more mm-hmm. than they've ever been on, but still, I think that they're a fascinating team to uh, to watch. Where do the Lakers get Kawhi, do you think? 
I think so, and I think the more time that goes by, I think the the more likely it is. I, I don't know why he would wait a week to stay in Toronto, right? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Mm. So I, I do think that's um, that that's going to happen, and I don't I don't think it's the Clippers. They seem to be kind of moving on and doing other things. They're obviously leaving space for him, but um, you know what's funny though, Ken is. I, I've kind of forgot to even worry about that. You know, I haven't thought about Kawhi in like two days. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, it's obviously a big deal, but I, I don't really understand the, the pacing on it. Glenn Robinson to the Warriors, Willie Cauley-Stein, they're finding those pieces there. I like the Looney signing, to be honest yeah. with you. I thought well, that was a the, good signing. And I think it's a, it's a sign, so to speak, of of the respect that Looney has for the team and vice versa. I think... Here's a guy that came out of college and had hip surgeries his first two years, and they stuck with him. Now, they could do that because they're winning championships. They're going to the finals every year, right? So it wasn't like, oh, we got to have this guy. But they stuck with him. They saw something in him, and he showed a little bit of it last year. He showed a lot of it this year. And, yes, someone else could swoop in and say, hey, now that we know you're great, we're going to give you more money. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, I think I'll stay with the guys who thought I could be great. And the third year of that deal is is a player option. So he can opt out, and again, the Warriors will be out of salary cap jail at that point, and, and he can get a real big deal staying with the Warriors beyond that. And I think it's really smart. You know, guys, we sit here all the time, and we see guys sign the big contract that takes them out of the situation in which they succeeded and puts them in a brand-new situation. I think about Larry Brown. Do you guys remember that? He won the Super Bowl MVP award, yeah. and then he, then the Raiders signed him, and he, he, he was awful after that. Yeah. And a lot of guys do that. They get their money. But their career is is over, really. It's never the same. And Clay Thompson's had opportunities. You know, everyone talks about, oh, if he went somewhere else, he'd he'd be the man. He'd he'd get twenty five, thirty points a game. He'd make, you know, he's like, you know what? I'll stay here next to Steph. It's working for me. So it's smart. This season, the reason I'm excited for it in the NBA, John, is because it's it's wide open. I mean, for wide years, wide open. Yeah, yeah, we had four straight years of Golden State, Cleveland. That was fun. I mean, we and Cleveland was able to get one and bring a championship there, but. It felt inevitable that's where we're going to be. This year, it felt like Golden State, till the injuries came, it was inevitable they were going to win the title. This year, the Lakers are the betting favorite, I know, right now in Vegas, and it'll bump up even more if Kawhi does end up signing there. But as wide open, I mean, you can make a case for what? Five, six, maybe teams? seven teams? I don't know. It's it's crazy. Certainly more than the last few years. Certainly, yes. yeah. I, I, I would certainly agree with eight. I think there's four teams in each on each side that, that could win the whole thing. I'm not going to list them because I, I, I get them wrong. There, <laughs> someone else would say, no, it's a different four teams. That's that's the beauty of it. Yes. And and I agree. It's really since the, the first year the Warriors did this in 14-15, it was wide open that year. Really nobody saw them getting past the Spurs. They went up not, a, not having to in the playoffs. and And then – and then it took two really freak things, the green suspension and then these two injuries to keep them from winning five in a row. Uh, although, I'm going to go back. If they had won that second one, they don't get Durant. Uh, they, just, they just don't. I don't see Durant going to a team that just won two championships. And so it's like trying to recreate an, an inning after an error. Like, which runs were earned? You've got to go back and say, what would have happened if this error hadn't happened? Well, if the Warriors had won that second championship, maybe they win a couple more with that organic team that they had with Harrison Barnes and Bogan and those guys who all got shipped out when they brought in Durant. But I, I don't, it wouldn't have been a cruise like it, it wound up being for those two years in 17 and 18. So I agree with you. It's, it's wide open, and it's, and it's really really good for the NBA. Uh, last thing for me, Trent has one more. Um, Steve Kerr, if it's, 
you know, how much time do you think he'll give to this if you want to call it a rebuild? Uh, do you think Steve Kerr is long with Golden State? And selfishly, I hope that he moves on because, and puts a headset back on again because I think he's a great uh, analyst of whether it's doing NBA or in particular college basketball. I think he's great at what he does. Uh, how much longer will he stay in his position if indeed we go through this air quote rebuild? That is a really good question, Ken. And I'll tell you something. I have not seen it asked. Even in the Bay Area, um, it's just assumed that this would go on, and, and he and, and Myers, I think he, he, he got a contract extension recently. Um, but I think it's a really good question because he, he walked in, and while he changed the culture of the team, uh, Mark, Jack, Mark Jackson did a lot getting the defense going, for sure, but Steve Kerr unlocked the Steph Curry that we've seen the last several years. But it's going to be different. It's going to be very different. And one thing about the, the team that they had is, when you had a huddle and then you sent them out there, usually they did what you talked about in the huddle, you know, and, and that's not always true in the NBA. And coaches will tell you that there are guys who just will not do what you tell them to do. And if he winds up having a bunch of guys like that on the team in the next couple of years, it could be a lot less fun. And maybe he would go back to that. I agree. He was great at that. And you know who else we just lost? We just talked about David Griffin. Great on TV. What a tremendous loss he was to basketball fans. Mm-hmm. Because he could explain not only the on-the-court stuff that was happening, but the behind-the-scenes stuff that was happening in a way that, that people understood. And I, I'm bummed because, you know, he used to return my phone calls. And now he can't. I'd call him or I'd text him about a certain thing or a deal or, or a call in a game or something, and he would, he'd call me back. And now I've lost him again. I had him for two years. It was nice. It was like the sun came out. But now I've lost him again. And, and Kerr, same thing. Just a great uh, explainer of the game. And and he would certainly go back to that. I think if he when he does leave coaching, it may it may just be a couple of more years. If because if it's not fun, if they're winning forty five games and and getting knocked out in the first and second round of the playoffs, I, I don't see him sticking with it. Doesn't need to. John, we were talking right before you came on the air here. Uh, we talked a lot of baseball in the opening segment. Of course, your team, the San Francisco Giants, also the program director here, Andrew Downs' favorite team, and that team has been terrible offensively all season long until the last three days. We just got thirty seconds left, but. Pass around that number you told me. Well, 30 seconds. I mean, 30, 30 runs they've scored in three games. They've, mm-hmm. they've scored double-digit runs three games in a row, and they have raised their slugging percentage 35 points 80 games into the season. Impossible. I mean, you have to really be awful and have three great games. Evan Longoria hit a home run last night, guys. You guys have to go see it. They, they have that big building in San Diego beyond the left field mm-hmm. fence. He hit the balcony on the third floor of that building with this home run. StatCast called it 410 feet. I don't know how they figured that. That thing was a moonshot. So it's, it's really suddenly been fun uh, to watch them. And, but they are in the market for trading Madison Bumgarner, as everyone yep. knows. And I think the Twins, uh, Trent, are a uh, They're are kicking the tires. In that. Yep. And maybe Pablo Sandoval, who leads the Giants in war. And now, again, I'm speaking a language I don't really understand. Um, but here's a here's a backup guy's coming off the bench and leading the team in war. So and he plays first, third, can catch in a pinch because that's how he came up. Can pitch. You guys were talking about position players <laughs> pitching, right? And in this era of flexibility, and he's a switch hitter. So somebody's going to want him now. If those two guys get dealt, the Bay Area will have lost two Finals MVPs and two World Series MVPs in the course of one calendar month. How about that? Yeesh. 
Uh, good stuff, John Cannon. Uh, great stats are there to uh, wrap things up. Appreciate what you did for us throughout the NBA playoffs. Look forward to it, uh, doing it again next year. Thanks, John. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good to talk to John Cannon on the NBA. All right, Alex Halstead on the Cyclones. Next, Mark Morehouse on the Hawks at 11 Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Seals 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's talk Iowa State. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com. He joins Trent and I. Hello, Alex. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. You know, I want to start start basketball-wise with uh, Halliburton. What what he's been doing um, in this uh, event that he's participating in. I guess I want to go back early in his Iowa State career when it became apparent that, you know what, this recruiting class is good, but maybe this uh, this kid from Wisconsin, Halliburton, maybe didn't get the love, uh, the respect that maybe he should have. I think he stuck up on maybe not the coaching staff, but certainly the fan base, just what kind of role and how good he could become. Yeah, you know, Halliburton's a kid that, you know, coming out of high school is the number 172 overall player in the country obviously you know just outside the top 115 i think a high major school like iowa state that's kind of what you're trying to get is those top 150 kids typically the programs that can fill their classes with those and maybe it's sprinkling a top 100 kid are the ones that have you know consistent success going to the NCAA tournament and advancing and you know so he was just outside that so it's not like he was you know some two-star but he also like you said didn't maybe have the buzz that a Taylor Horton Tucker did. And mm-hmm. so I think from that angle, he definitely surprised fans. But I think at the same time, um, you know, this is a kid that, that had some options in the Midwest. And, you know, I think people are now starting to trust Pro more and more in terms of when he offers a guard, you know, he probably sees something going from Cameron Payne to Isaiah Cannon to, um, you know, I guess Linda Wigginton and now Tyrese Halliburton. You know, for right. the most part, when he's gone after a, a point guard, you know, they've proven that they have some potential. Right, and Morris, although he didn't recruit him, and certainly uh, helped him uh, th- on his his career path, no doubt about it. So, you know, speaking of that next level, already mock drafts are coming out for for next year's NBA draft. It, it sounds as though, you know, Iowa State's going to be looking to fill another spot maybe on that roster because he's getting some first-round attention already. Yeah, he started kind of turning heads a little bit last, you know, winter, and I think there was some thought, okay, he could declare, you know, probably in a similar way to Joe Wieskamp and declare at least and go through, and he didn't even do that. And I think that was maybe a little surprising, but I think he just knew he wanted to come back and didn't really want to go through that process. But I think you, you would for sure expect it to see him go through that process next year because, um, you know, CBS Sports released their mock draft. And this is way too early, you know, obviously, but just the fact that he's getting the buzz. But CBS has him as a first-round pick next year. And I think the, the more important thing probably is the people overseas right now in Greece um, are starting to say the same thing. You know, Draft Express, which I think is probably, you know, one of the one of the better, you know, evaluators. Um, you know, there's been some talk that he's beginning to show potential of being a top 20, 2020, you know, prospect next year. So it seems like he's turning a lot of heads, especially uh, right now on the international level. Alex, uh, Cap City League, going to be a lot of points scored. There always is. Mm-hmm. You don't want to read too much into box scores, but want to uh, get your impression of what you've heard about Mercedes Leach. Really skinny guy, big-time prospect early in his high school career. Injuries derailed that, and at least looking at the numbers, I haven't been able to make it over to Valley Southwoods yet, but uh, he's put up some good numbers, and 
been turning some heads there. What have you heard about Leach? Yeah, the main thing I've heard about him really in the last month or so is that you know they're still got to figure out what kind of role he can even play this year. Um, you know, I, he's obviously healthy enough to be cleared to have played his high school season. He's playing right now, like you said, in the Cap City League. But it seems like you know they're still trying to figure out if he's hundred percent. You know, from that obviously really bad leg break that cost him his junior year of high school. So um, I think the big thing for him. A combination of that and him being skinny, I don't know if you're going to see him redshirt. You know, you don't see a lot of redshirts in uh, college basketball anymore, uh, especially a guard. But it, it almost feels like maybe he could take the Zion Griffin type route where maybe they try to get him some non-conference action, but he's not necessarily a, a key role player next year. But it's hard to say this earlier. I think Steve Prohm does expect a couple of those freshmen to come in and have impacts next year. You know, they, they have enough um, enough minutes to go around, I guess that they need a couple guys to step up, whether that's Trey Jackson or uh, Caleb Grill or Marcetus Leach or Luke Anderson. So a couple of those guys are going to get minutes. It could be Marcetus Leach, um, but it just seems like between, you know, his frame and he does probably have to get get bigger, but also his health, that he's probably the, the most curious one as they gear up to go overseas this summer. But um, the one thing you have also heard about him is that they do think that if he does get healthy and he does make that progression, um, that he has shown an ability to be a really good shooter and a potential really good offensive player for them down the road. When did they start practicing for the uh, foreign trip? Well, they can do these workouts, you know, I think just like any program can do in July, but I, I think late July uh, they'll ramp up um, for that trip. I think they get 10 practices and then they'll ramp up, and I think they leave like or the first or second week of August. So. Um, that should be ramping up here pretty soon. Uh, last one on basketball, then we'll get to football. I, since you cover recruiting as closely as you do, the kid that aims, Lipsy, I believe is uh, is his last name, the Torres ACL, 6'9 kid, getting a lot of looks. I know Hoiberg's in on him. I believe Iowa State as well was was taking a look at him. Uh, what the, what does, I mean, what does this do for his chances? Does this hurt him? It, maybe he's going to get back toward the end of the regular season, and although I'm not sure why you would rush that back, especially if you do have a, uh, a college opportunity. Opportunity. Uh, how good is he, and uh, is is he a lean either way? Well, I think he's. Uh, I don't know if we've have, have him rated yet or not. It's so early, but uh, he'll probably be rated here soon. I would assume because uh, we're starting to release our list for those next classes. For I think we, we're well into twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Then with Lipsy, will be quite right around the corner. So um, he's going to probably be for sure a top hundred player. Could be that top fifty type player. You know, mm-hmm. he's already played with Team USA. I know our analysts have seen him in various settings at Team USA camps um, and have liked a lot of what they've seen. So I think from that standpoint, he's probably going to be a a four-star type player. Um, In terms of his recruitment, I think the fact that, you know, obviously he'll miss this season, but it's only a sophomore season. Well, I thought he was a junior. He's only a sophomore. I'm just stand corrected. Yeah, I think last year he was a freshman. So um, unless I'm mixing my ears up. But um, but so he's still pretty young. Yeah, so he's still got these. This time left, but at the same time, you know, I think um, teams have already kind of seen him quite a bit. But you know, maybe this delays some of the offers. But I think if he gets back healthy and then goes into AAU next spring, that's going to be his best chance to get offers, anyways. Alex, over to little football before we let you run, and it is the dead period for recruiting. Kids can't come on campus until what? I think late July is the next time that they'll be able to come in. Do you expect any news? Do you expect any commitments here over the next week or two? on the football side after that flurry there in uh, in late June? Yeah, you're right. The dead period goes through July 24th. So starting July 25th, you know, kids can start getting back on campus. You know, schools are going to try to 
probably sneak kids in right away that first weekend, especially then when they go into fall camp and kids go into their seasons. That's one of the last shots typically for schools to get kids on campus before the season starts. But I do think Iowa State could have some news within the next several weeks, could have a commitment today even. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Texas safety Jordan Morgan's going to make an announcement today at some point um, from what I've heard, and he visited Iowa State right before the dead period. That's someone they would like. He's got offers from uh, Missouri, Cal, Boston College, um, and some others. So he could make a decision here soon. Um, there's been some buzz that uh, running back, another running back from Cincinnati, Mayan Williams, uh, could announce soon. He was going to originally announce uh, July 4th, which is obviously tomorrow. I haven't heard if that's still happening, but uh, he visited Iowa State right before the dead period. So um, could have some fireworks, I guess, you know, here the next couple of days. Hmm. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting because, um, you know, some of these kids are close to announcing, but it's just a matter of when they decide to pull the trigger. Uh, Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert. Alex, 20 seconds on this one. Since the UNI game was picked up by uh, CBS Sports. Fox Sports Fox 1. Fox Sports 1, thank you. 219. Does this automatically mean that Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe will be uh, Cyclones.tv, or is there a chance that they get shut out of the television coverage this season? I think it's a two-pronged. It's either they're going to put Louisiana Monroe on Cyclones.tv, or their third-tier rights game, which would have been you and I, they sold to FS1. So I think it's one of those two things. They either sold their third-tier rights and gave them up, or they'll probably put it on uh, Louisiana Monroe unless they give that to, like, an FSN. Good stuff. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Yeah, thanks. You guys do. Thank you. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com. We'll uh, come back. We've done the clones. We'll do the Hawks. Then we'll do Cappy, David Kaplan on the Cubs. And don't forget barbecue. No, I'm not. 11.45, we'll give away Claxon's BBQ. We'll give you an opportunity for four of you to slide on in here and try and knock that down. Miller and Condon, until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.